1: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. So come to the site. We're in full Week 13 mode there. Check out uh, all the good stuff, the uh, rankings for the weeks, the start sits, the sleepers bust. Everything that you need is there for you in Week 13. Thirteen, And uh, we expand on that here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. We've already gone through the weekly waiver wire help with Eric at home, so hopefully, you got some good pickups there. And yesterday's show, you can still catch up on that for the in depth look at all the games. Uh, matchup focused on Wednesdays with Jeff Ratcliffe, where we break down both sides of all 16 games on the schedule, so if you need that this show is lineup focused uh, on Thursdays this is uh, Tyler Lochner's time from Pro Football Focus, we'll bring him on later in the show to uh, talk DFS across positions, air quarterback running back, wide receiver, tight end and defenses, some value plays some guys we like, some strategies based on the pricing this week, so all kinds of good stuff ahead, around that we'll talk about the uh, the injuries that you need to know here. We'll start with the quarterbacks and running backs and come back and close with wide receiver, tight end, and anything else on there of relevance after we bring on Tyler. So let's uh, dive right in and kind of look at uh, what the quarterback injuries are like and kind of uh, navigate how we're looking at fantasy in relation to that this week. When you look at uh, the Ravens situation, we'll start there. Joe Flacco... Not going to play this week. It doesn't look good here. Lamar Jackson is going to be the starter in Atlanta. So we talked about that, breaking it that down. We like Gus Edwards. We'll have to see, we'll talk a little bit more about him and his health status in a bit. But looking at Flacco, he's not going to play. I don't know how long he's going to be out here. This hip thing is a tricky one. And as long as they're winning with Lamar Jackson, they're feeling good about their offense and rushing attack, and it's complementing their defense. They're not going to rush Flacco back. So it could change here if they can't get it down against Atlanta. But you can still run in Atlanta like they did against Cincinnati and Oakland. So that kind of factors in this decision as well not to rush him. Now Cam Noon is playing just fine. He's got the right shoulder injury. This is his typical practice week. Early, limited in the week, and then gets full and get ready to go. He's got a full week. There shouldn't be any issues in the matchup. Of course, terrific here. Now Mitch Trubisky... He got an limited practice there. There was some optimism that he could return against the Giants, but the Bears have uh, pretty much uh, said uh, they're not going to force him into the lineup this week. They're also looking at the Giants on the other side, a very winnable game without Mitch Trubisky. Chase Daniel played well enough definitely in Detroit to trust that situation going forward. So no change there for the Bears, they're just going to stick with Daniel here. they probably feel good about getting the win. And why wouldn't you with the Giants uh, just playing so poorly all season? Now, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's still on the injury report of the knee, which is notable. But if you look at him, he looks fully healthy, playing without the brace. It's a great, great spot against the Cardinals this week. Now, just confirming if, if you didn't hear the news, we already talked about this a little bit. Cody Kessler is going to start for the Colts, it turns out Blake Bortles also has a right wrist injury. He's practicing in full, but that could factor in the decision as well and maybe why Bortles hasn't played as well beyond just not being a good quarterback. But Cody Kessler is starting against the Colts. Ryan Tannehill is going to be starting against the Bills. He's got the right shoulder, still on the injury report, but uh, he's still playing. Tom Brady's still on the injury report. The knee is limited. Had a good solid game last week against the Jets. Uh, He's going to play against the Vikings. Tough matchup, but you're still going to put him in there. If you uh, have him as your number one QB, Sam Darnold there could return this week. He's a foot issue, still lingering, limited in practice for the Jets. But at the same time, Josh McCown has a couple injuries, right hand and back injuries as well. So those are not uh, the best things here for McCown to uh, start over Darnold. So if Darnold's healthy, it looks like he's training in that direction. He's going to be playing there. Derek Carr appeared on the... Injury in the ankle. You're not trusting him against the Chiefs, but you want him as a facilitator over Adrian McCarron there for Jared Cook at least, and uh, he's going to be playing there against the Chiefs. And Marcus Mariota now with an abdomen injury. There's no more elbow or neck there. This time it's abdomen, but he's practicing in full and he's going to play against the Jets. A good matchup there at home. I mentioned to Gus Edwards when we went through the Ravens at running back. He popped up with an ankle issue. At the same time, uh, Alex Collins is in practice again with that foot. So I think Collins, part of it is the foot. Part of it is that they like Edwards as the no-nonsense power back anyway. I think Edwards should be okay for this game. We'll check on this. If not, I think you would look at Ty Montgomery seeing a nice roll against the Falcons. Uh, did some damage against that team in Green Bay as a versatile back. He did get some carries last week behind Edwards. with Collins missing time. So keep an eye on that situation. Ty Montgomery might have some value this week if Edwards is not going to play and uh, Collins is still banged up. Looks like you're going to have another week without carry on uh, Johnson for the Lions. Uh, knee injury didn't practice early, uh, playing the Rams this week. Uh, if you need Lagarde Blunt and Theo Riddick, uh, possibly I look more at Riddick this week because they're going to trail the game flow says some dump offs to Riddick and him being in the game a little bit more, but again, Riddick's not going to get a touchdown. So he's the PPR guy and blunt. If someone's going to pop in the end zone for the lions, it's a good chance. It's going to be blunt there for Detroit. So if you need those guys and you're desperate without Johnson, you can play them this week. Now, Alfred blue, not seeing much of a role. He's still a handful of touches behind Lamar Miller, but He's going to be available, not playing him, but can help Miller a little bit stay fresh in that game against Cleveland, has a thigh injury there. Marlon Mack is very iffy to play here with the concussion, and uh, if he's not cleared, uh, you're looking at uh, an uncertain uh, running back by committee, which you'll probably see the Colts throw a little bit bit more, because the Jaguars' defense is a little bit banged up. Eric Ebron and uh, T.Y. Hilton could have some good games there, so we'll have to see there and a little bit more on uh, Ebron and Hilton as well when we talk about wide receivers and tight ends and their situations for this week Melvin Gordon we know is not going to play for the Chargers Austin Eckler, I don't know if I would go all in on Austin Eckler on DFS or any format like that if you're looking onto Sunday Night Football Justin Jackson's also going to get some work against Pittsburgh so keep that in mind, it could be a bit of a split here and could be an ugly defensive type game anyway as well this particular week. Kenny Drake had the shoulder issue pop up again. He had to leave the game for a little while against the Colts. He played through it. played pretty well. He's going to be in there. Decent matchup against the Bills at home. We have Matt Breida with an ankle issue that's still lingering. He's back on the injury report, but he's going to get a full workload. He's the best thing you can throw at Seattle in this particular game. We saw... Christian McCaffrey, shiftiness, have a big game against that defense, so he's probably the only guy that you can really trust on San Francisco at this moment, along with George Kittle. Chris Carson, just limited practice with a just arrested designation, he's fine. There, and Peyton Barber, dealing with an ankle and shoulder injury still, but I don't really like him against Carolina. I know Carolina is not as good defensively on the road, but they're they did a good job against the run last week. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot more throwing with the game flow for James Winston and the Buccaneers this week. So those are look at your uh, quarterback and running back injuries based on the early practice that we know, and just always stay tuned because things can change there. And, uh, In a moment, we'll bring Tyler Lochner here of uh, Pro Football Focus to look at FanDuel, DraftKings' uh, advice there, pricing, value plays, and all that. But you're looking for a lot of good values when you're shopping for holiday gifts this season. And uh, if you're looking for an alternative gift, uh, I can't recommend enough uh, Action Heat. And Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated line of clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button control your environment with Action Heat and if you get Action Heat clothing you know it's engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat they can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5 volt lithium ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them and uh, it's a perfect gift for any friend or family for this holiday season. Anyone who works outdoors, likes to ski or snowboard, or just loves the outdoors in general and uh, hates being cold when they're outdoors. So Action Heat is also going to give you a variety of clothing that you can find, a heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. So stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat, men's and women's. Wines are available new styles and models just released for this winter season so make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth Action is the perfect solution to keep you toasty warm and it's a perfect gift this holiday season when the frigid winter weather arrives and we've got a special deal for you for listeners of Locked on fantasy football. You just go to actionheat.com slash locked on. That's L O C K E D O N, all lowercase. Actionheat.com slash locked on. And you'll get 20% off your entire order there. You can also use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20% at Actionheat. So stay warm and comfortable through all the outdoor fun this holiday season and beyond with E, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We'll be right back here with Tyler Lochner of Pro Football Focus with some DFS values for you this week. Joining me now, as he always does here on Thursdays, uh, after our break for Thanksgiving, here now for Week 13 look at DFS on FanDuel DraftKings, is Tyler Lochner of Pro Football Focus. How's it going, Tyler? How was your holiday?
0: Hey, Vinny. The holiday was great. Um, Had a really good time with lots of family members and enjoyed some football, obviously. Thanksgiving's one of my favorite days of the year, so sad to see it in the rear view, but um, it was a good one this year for me.
1: Well, the good news is Thanksgiving is also the final week with buys, so we can move on and actually have every team in play here making the main slate really a full slate here uh, minus the two primetime games so when we look at it we'll start at quarterback here and uh looking at some values I think they're all across the board and I'm looking at this uh, 77 to 7500 on FanDuel and and around the same time it's uh it's 6300 to 5500 there on DraftKings now the biggest uh, disparity here is uh Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson are $7,600, 7700 Pretty close on FanDuel, but Wilson is $800 more than Cousins at 5500 at, at this one, who do you like a little bit more? I know Wilson is a game where they're going to probably be playing from ahead, but that doesn't affect his touchdowns, while Kirk Cousins could be throwing a ton in his game against not very good pass defense.
0: Pricing discrepancy between these two players is is certainly something to pay attention to. Um, I think I probably like Wilson more on FanDuel, given that they're so close in price there. Um, and Wilson really has been running a little bit more. I know he didn't run a lot last week, but uh, he had been running more in recent weeks uh, than before. And, and he's really been racking up the rushing yards there. And he's got multiple passing touchdowns in, I think, seven straight games. So Russell Wilson is actually quietly playing very well as a passer as well. But I will take the savings with Cousins on DraftKings against a Patriots defense that ranks right in the middle of the league in terms of fantasy points per dropback given to fantasy quarterbacks. But they also rank in the bottom 10 in terms of total fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. And that's usually because Patriots games are a little bit more high scoring than other games. So we can expect cousins to be airing it out a little bit more here. And I know the Patriots defense has played a little bit better in recent weeks, but you got to remember that they played the Titans who don't have uh, the most, they they have a very volatile passing attack. And then they played the jets with a backup quarterback. But before that, the Patriots were giving up 300 yard passing games in four straight games to the Colts, the chiefs, the bears, and then even the bills. So I would expect Cousins to find a lot of success here, and I'm surprised he's so cheap on DraftKings. But I like him, uh, obviously, with his with his elite weapons.
1: Now, looking around the same price range, uh, three more guys in that same range, kind of a little bit different there with pricing. Winston is the most expensive, James Winston, at six thousand on DraftKings, but he's seventy five hundred on Fanduel. Same price, exact price as Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. Now. I know some people may be down on Lamar Jackson because it could be a game where they're going to have to throw a little bit more, and he may not be equipped to do that. And you look at Baker Mayfield going to Houston. Some people may be deterred at that. Is it kind of like Mayfield and Jackson are the contrarian here? As Winston might be a little bit of chalk this week at home against Carolina. I definitely
0: think Winston is going to be the chalk. Uh, it's chalk that I am I'm willing to eat though. So um, I, don't, I won't spend too much time on Winston. I think he's underpriced, especially on. DraftKings, um, he's my favorite play of this bunch. But between Jackson and Mayfield, I actually like Jackson this week. I think Mayfield's got – I know he's been playing lights out, but he's got a very tough matchup against Houston who have given up the fourth fewest fantasy points per dropback to opposing quarterbacks. And then meanwhile, Jackson is playing against the Falcons who have given up the fifth most fantasy points per dropback. So they, they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum there in terms of matchup. And then Jackson obviously has – the elite, elite rushing upside. And we did see him have success passing last week. I know that was against the Raiders, but the Raiders also ranked in the bottom five in terms of fantasy points per dropback. So we've seen Jackson succeed through the air against ho-hum passing defenses. And that's how I would categorize Atlanta.
1: Now, when I'm looking at constructing my backfield this week, I can't get away from two guys. And it's uh, Aaron Jones at 7,600 and 6,700 prices. And Playing Arizona for the Packers, and then you have Philip Lindsay playing the Bengals, and, and uh, Denver going in there. Red hot here after a big game last week. Seven thousand and fifty-four hundred. I know it might seem a little chalky, but I think I'm going to take the savings there a little bit. Go, won't go for the upper tier running backs, knowing that these guys could perform like that and uh, uh, kind of stack my wide receivers. Do you kind of uh, see that this week as well to take those bargains?
0: I do think I will probably be going with the at least one bargain running back, maybe two bargain running backs um, for my cash games. And Aaron Jones, you mentioned him. He's he's a player I can't get away from either. Uh, he's got six touchdowns over his last five games, and he's started to see steady workload through the air. He's got at least five targets in in three straight games, and the Packers are 14-point home favorites. And Jones has seen a kind of a slight kind of a price increase, but not enough, in my opinion, as that big of a home favorite against a weak Russian defense, playing as well as he's been playing. Um, Jones is a slam dunk for sure.
1: Now, you look at uh, the other matchup for Lindsey. Uh, I mean, I know some people were looking at Case Keenum in the past game, doing something, and they could get something done here against the Bengals, but to me, the biggest issue with the Bengals is still their run defense, and I think yeah, Lindsey's in a good spot here.
0: Yeah, Lindsey is in a good spot, and he's been playing really well too. I don't, I don't want to overlook him, and he's he is a lot cheaper than than Jones there. Uh, Lindsey has over twenty DraftKings points in three of his last four, even with Royce Freeman back, who he does pose a touchdown vulture threat. But Lindsey's still finding the end zone, and the matchup against the Bengals is fantastic. The Bengals have given up the second most fantasy points to running backs this year, so I would expect Lindsey to continue to roll as well.
1: Now, Lamar Miller and Chris Carson are kind of leading parallel lives. They're on teams that don't have great offensive lines, but they've kind of flipped the script by being run heavy. And Miller has looked obviously very good of late. When we wrote him off early in the season, they're both priced similarly, 6300 on FanDuel. Chris Carson's a little bit more expensive, 5200 Are you surprised that uh, Lamar Miller is only $4,600 on draft games coming off a big game and Cleveland being a vulnerable run defense?
0: Yeah, I think Miller's mispriced on DraftKings for sure, Um, especially as a six-point home favorite. In home games this year, Miller is averaging over 18 touches per game, and he's got over 100 rushing yards and a score in three of his last five games. Miller's been playing quite well. I know he's still volatile. He still has a low floor, which makes him a little bit scary, but he's shown a, a, a nice ceiling over the last month, month and a half. And he's just too cheap. I don't know how he's under five thousand on DraftKings. Uh, and Carson is a good player. He's kind of like the perfect mold for what you would think a Seahawks running back would be. Uh, he's 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 consistently seeing over fifteen touches per game now. I know earlier in the season he was kind of all over the place. He was like thirty touches, twelve touches, twenty five touch. He's he's over the last two weeks he's seen seventeen rushing attempts, sixteen rushing attempts. Um, he's not cracking over a hundred yards anymore like he was, but he's still finding the end zone. So I'm okay with Carson, particularly on Fanduel, because he doesn't really catch many passes.
1: Now, uh, one more pricing question here, which is weird to me is Dalvin Cook 6,200 on both formats. Why do you think he's so cheap on Fanduel? It doesn't seem to make any sense. I kept scrolling down and here's a guy that's pretty much a featured option in his offense. Uh, this is a team that he's facing this week, and the Patriots that give up a lot of receiving yards to more talented backs. Uh, I, I, I'm looking at Dalvin Cook really as a nice little flex bargain in uh, fantasy this week.
0: Cook's definitely a, a bargain. Um, I'm. A, he's he's been a player that has been hard for me to figure out this week. I've I've written down his name a few times, and then. I never really know exactly what to say about him because he's not touching the ball as much as I want him to. Uh, he's got 10 or fewer rushing attempts in five straight games. And that's despite the fact that he's now supposedly fully back from his injury. And he has seen uh, decent work in the passing game with at least three receptions in three straight games. But that's not that, that you know, compared to some of these running backs out here who are catching seven, eight, nine, ten 10 balls on a regular basis. That's not really enough to bump him up. So that's why I think his price is a little bit lower on FanDuel because he's just not seeing that much volume. I, obviously, I can't speak to the way FanDuel does their pricing, but uh, I think Cook's volume is what's keeping him down a little bit. Now, he does have touchdown equity for sure this week. Um, it, I don't think it would surprise anybody if Patriots-Vikings turn into a shootout. So I do like Cook as a as a bargain play, but I'm not sure he's – and maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong here, but he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown yet this year, and he's just not seeing enough touches for me.
1: Yeah, that that definitely explains that a little bit. That that's de- definitely that's something to think about. Latavius Murray is still not completely going away and being used on that team now. When you look at that team as well, and uh, we'll go to wide receiver and we'll do a few like uh, toss-ups for you. I, I, it could be just the pricing on both sides here, but I really like, of course, Tyree Kill against the Raiders. He's at 8400 on FanDuel. Adam Thielen in that same game against the Patriots, they give up a lot to the slot receiver, especially with Stefan Gilmore outside, $8,100 there in FanDuel. Now, the word of the disparity is, is Tyree Kill is the most expensive wide receiver in DraftKings at 9100 and and is 8000 Now, are you interested in making one of these guys at least the centerpiece of your lineup this week?
0: It'll probably be Thielen between the two uh, mostly because of the price savings. I think Hill, obviously he's got an immense ceiling. He's been scoring touchdowns left and right, but paying over 9,000 for him is not something I'm going to be willing to do this week in a game that will very likely be over by halftime. Um, I know Hill has seen double digit targets in each of the last two games, but he also has a pretty low floor in the two games before that. He had just five targets and just four targets. Um, So for, for a guy who costs over nine thousand dollars on DraftKings, I'm not willing to pay for somebody who could see just five or four targets, even though he does have an an immense ceiling. Don't get me wrong; he will be in some uh, GPP lineups, and I think you're doing it wrong if if you're building multiple GPP lineups without Chiefs in them this year. You're doing it wrong. Um, but Thielen is just—he's too cheap. You already mentioned it. Stephon Gilmore's on the outside for the Patriots. Uh, slot receivers succeed against the Patriots because partly because of that. Um, the Patriots are pretty good overall against wide receivers. Actually, they've given up the fifth fewest fantasy points per target, but Thielen is a different beast. He's the best slot receiver they've played this year. Thielen consistently sees over double digit targets, consistently gets over hundred yards, consistently finds the end zone. Um, and he's priced, he's priced down from where he was uh, a few weeks ago. So it, give me Thielen here. It's a great matchup and he's, Because of the price savings that he offers in that upper elite tier of wide receivers, he's, he's one of the centerpieces of my, of my squads this week.
1: Now, DJ Moore versus David Moore. We'll do a toss up there. I think this might be as simple as their pricing. Uh, DJ Moore, 6,400, David Moore, 6,300 on FanDuel, but DJ Moore is way expensive on DraftKings, 5,600 and David Moore is 4,300. Now, both things in play for this and DJ Moore you might go there with this value for this reason, is that Devin Funches doesn't look like he could return, and now Curtis St- Samuel has a hamstring injury. So DJ Moore could be basically the man dominating targets in Tampa, in Tampa in that game, or you could look at David Moore where Doug Baldwin doesn't look right and could uh, be really doing a lot of damage there against that weak 49 or secondary. It's a tough call, but I'm no, I don't mind trying to get both of these guys in my lineup.
0: The D Moore players—they got the yeah. same name. It's you got to double check. Yeah, you got to double check to make sure you're finding the right one. But I I really am, am liking what DJ Moore in Carolina has been doing. He's got he's really turned into their number one wide receiver. He has uh, at least eight targets and at least seven receptions in two straight games. He's got over ninety yards in both of those games. Uh, the Panthers are still giving him about one rushing attempt per game too. It's just more ways to get him. The ball in his hands, and we know he's a playmaker. And obviously, we know that this is the matchup that you want to exploit the Tampa Bay secondary. They've given up the second most fantasy points per target to opposing wide receivers. So even though Moore is more expensive on DraftKings, uh D- sorry, they're both more. Even though DJ Moore is more expensive on DraftKings and they're about the same price on FanDuel, I like DJ Moore more on both <laughs> sites. Um <clears throat> given his usage. Uh, I know that, I know that David Moore has been doing more for the Seahawks in recent weeks. I think a lot of his, uh, if you're if you're just looking at the box score, a lot of his production last week came on a, a deep touchdown shot late in the game. If he didn't have that, his score wouldn't have looked nearly as impressive. I know he offers very nice uh, savings on DraftKings. So I don't. I don't hate him as a play, but if it's a toss up between DJ Moore and David Moore, I'm taking DJ Moore, even though he's more expensive.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll stay away from uh, more more talk here with the <laughs> next one. But Adam Humphreys and Corey Davis, we uh, can't really confuse their names that much now. They're very similar plays on Fanduel six thousand and fifty nine hundred. Uh, Humphries is actually more, but then uh, Corey Davis is way more on uh, DraftKings fifty five hundred versus forty two hundred. I think. Adam Humphreys, I think the reluctance to play him is just seeing all the mouths to feed and knowing, at any given time, if he's not getting that touchdown, it could really fall off. While Corey Davis, I think the frustration has been, you know, he could be solid if they get the ball to him. Now, were you uh, trusting there? Because uh, I, I look at it, and uh, I think the matchup is better overall for Humphreys, but I think Davis is the better player here.
0: Well, Dave, there's no doubt Davis is the better player. Um, And he is being used like an elite wide receiver. One, he's seen about 29% of his team's target market share, which ranks in the top five among the entire NFL up there with guys like Adam Thielen and, and, and Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. So in terms of usage in his offense, Corey Davis is a true alpha wide receiver one. Now, obviously, he doesn't produce the numbers of a true alpha wide receiver one every single week. He does have over 95 yards and a touchdown in two of his last three games. So it's possible he's turning that corner there, but Humphreys is a lot cheaper. Humphreys is performing quite well, actually in recent weeks. He's got four touchdowns over his last four games. He's got at least five receptions in five of his last six games. And he's got at least 50 receiving yards in five straight games. So Humphreys is. He doesn't have the same ceiling, obviously, as Corey Davis. So if I'm playing more GPP lineups, I'm going to be going with Davis because he's the one who could go go off for seven catches, 150 yards and a touchdown. Whereas Humphreys is more of a seven catch, 80 yard, one touchdown kind of guy, but he's also a lot cheaper. Um, It's a tough toss up between these two specifically, but I think I like Humphreys. I should clarify, I like Humphreys more on... DraftKings, where you get the full point per reception. Corey Davis, cheaper on FanDuel, better player, extreme target volume. I like him on FanDuel. Uh, I don't think that one should be a question. I, I think Humphreys is mispriced on FanDuel. Um, I think he's too expensive over there. But on DraftKings, give me Humphreys. On FanDuel, give me Corey Davis.
1: Now, with our last wide receiver question, we'll do a straight-up toss-up. This is actually fair pricing on both sides, but You have a Cortland Sutton against the Bengals, who have given up some shot plays outside at 5,400, 4,200 DraftKings. Then you have Chris Godwin with uh, Deshaun Jackson not looking good with a thumb injury. He's going to probably play through it, but didn't do much last week. Dante Jackson could be out for the uh, Panthers, 5,400 and 3,900. Now, where are you going for that maybe? I I think both these guys are GPP-type players because they're big playability because they have pretty uh, low... Floor sometimes when you trust them. So where are you going with Sutton or uh, Godwin this week?
0: I'm going to go with Godwin this week. He is the cheapest he's been all season, um, which kind of surprises me a little bit. I know he hasn't been finding the end zone with the same level of consistent. Actually, he hasn't been finding the end zone at all. He scored four touchdowns in his first five games, and then he hasn't scored since week six, but his target volume has been the same as it was early in the season. I think his touchdown, He's due for positive touchdown regression, especially if Deshaun Jackson doesn't play or is banged up. I, that makes me like Godwin more. Um, I To me, I know Sutton, he's a very exciting player. He's shown the ability to be a top receiver a little bit further down the road in his career, but I don't understand why Godwin's price is down. He's under 4000 now on DraftKings. He's still producing at pretty good levels. He's got at least 40 receiving yards uh, in Six of his last seven games, like I said, he hasn't found the end zone, but I think he's due for a touchdown soon. So I like Godwin here with the price decrease.
1: All right. Looking at tight end, uh, now we have a tricky one for you because we're going to go four deep here. These are all confusing me because I'm not sure which direction I'm going in. I'll give you the pros where I feel with each one. Now, uh, when you go from uh, pricing, uh, we'll go down the line, and how I'm looking at it is – Austin Hooper, fifty seven hundred, most on Fanduel. Eric Ebron and Kyle Rudolph are next at fifty six hundred. David and Joku is at fifty five hundred. So all pretty close there. Now, if you flip it, and Joku is the most expensive. of These guys on DraftKings, forty three hundred. Then comes Ebron in second again, and then Hooper and Rudolph. Now, breaking this down, uh, how do you kind of uh, put these guys in order, and how you'd like to target them the weakest? They all have things about their matchup that are really intriguing.
0: If I had to order these guys, I would probably say Ebron Rudolph. Oh man, this one's too hard. I'll probably do. I'll probably do Ebron Hooper Rudolph and Joku. Um, But with that said, that doesn't mean I dislike David and Joker or anything like that. I mean, he's got a good matchup against the Texans who've given up the fourth, most fantasy points per target to opposing tight ends. Um, but all these guys have pretty decent matchups. I mean, Rudolph, he's a player I, I wrote up as a, as a as a potential bargain tight end this week. He's got a plus matchup against the Pats. who have given up the 10th most fantasy points per target and fourth most fantasy points overall. We've already mentioned how um, the Patriots can funnel things inside, which should lead to a positive game script for Kyle Rudolph. And then Eric Ebron, I would expect him to be but behind Travis Kelsey. I think he might be the highest owned tight end of the week. Um, the Jaguars are stingy against the run. They're stingy against wide receivers, but they've given up the sixth or excuse me, they've given up the seventh most fantasy points per target to tight ends. And then Hooper is a player who he still is a little bit too volatile for me. Uh, but it's a good matchup against the Ravens who rank 11th in fantasy points per target given up to tight ends. So I, I'm not sure you can really go wrong with any of these guys this week. Um, we might need to see if there's some injury news that comes out. For example, Eric Ebron, uh, is Jalen Ramsey going to play or not going to play? Um, <clears throat> that, that's a big one for me. Um, Kyle Rudolph, I think both Diggs and Thielen are questionable. I would expect them both to play, but you never know. Just, you got to check the injury reports for that. Um, obviously, if one of them were limited or anything like that, Rudolph becomes a smash play. So. The good news with the tight end distribution, like so many of these guys being good options, and then obviously at the top you have Travis Kelsey, who's just a no-brainer slam dunk play this week. I think a lot of the ownership will gravitate towards Kelsey, but with, with a lot of different options to choose from, especially if you're doing multi-entry, you can kind of sprinkle in all these different players, and you'll have a uh, decent lineup differentiation, but you won't be sacrificing you know, you're not punting at the tight end position if you pick any of these guys and you know that none of them are going to be too highly owned. So I actually like it when there's a lot of tough options to choose from, from a strategy perspective, because it gives you a little bit more flexibility when building a lineup. You know, if you build a lineup and you go, oh man, I only have 50, I only have 4,200 left over for a tight end. It gives you access to most of these guys. But if you're down, if you've got less than 4,000, you're not hurting because you know you can still choose between Hooper and Rudolph. So I like the flexibility with the lineup building.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. And it's a good week for tight end when you mentioned Travis Kills against the Raiders. You got Zach Ertz against the Redskins if you're playing the uh, Monday night special and all that. So it's a pretty good week for tight end matchups overall. Now, when you look at uh, defense and special teams, uh, this one's a bit of a head scratcher. I'm not sure where to go this week. I look at FanDuel. These three defenses—the Packers, Titans, Texans—are all 4,400. We break that down. DraftKings Texans are 3,700. Then come the Titans, way down at 3,000, and the Packers at 2,800. Now, uh, do you look to pay up a little bit more to like the Chiefs or Seahawks in like kind of slam dunk spots, or do you like uh, one of these three uh, teams this week?
0: It's a tough one, but I think out of these guys. My favorite is the Packers, and that's because they are such big home favorites against the Arizona Cardinals, who um, are a very, very low-floor offense. I know they've got great players. I know Josh Rosen has at times been good, but the Packers have been great at generating pressure this season. Um I don't have the stat in front of me actually, but I know that they've recorded multiple sacks. I think in every single game. Um, I might be wrong there, but um, they they haven't forced a lot of turnovers recently. But I could see that being the case with Josh Rosen uh, going to Green Bay in a late December. Actually, it might even be sorry, late November. It might even be early December by the time Sunday rolls around. Yeah, it is. It's December second. So going to going to Lambeau Field in December for a rookie quarterback and a struggling offense um as 14 point road underdogs i think it's a great spot for the packers defense and they are the ones who i'm putting in my lineups to begin the week
1: yeah i think that's a very good call with them uh, they've been coming through at home they're not as good on the road but right they come through at home we saw that bills game where they didn't disappoint where a lot of people locked them in into their lineups that particular. you know i
0: I'm glad you pointed that out. This is actually a split that I haven't looked at yet, but I just looked it up and the Packers are dominating at home. They've scored six times the Packers defense. They've they've scored six times the amount of fantasy points per game at home than they have on the road. They have 10 turnovers forced in five games at home versus just two turnovers forced in six games on the road. So this is definitely a great spot for the Packers defense at home.
1: Yeah, and, uh, take advantage of that. They're one week special because they'll go back to not being very good probably <laughs> and next week uh, when they play uh, the Falcons. So uh, take advantage of that and play them when you can. And uh, it, that's where we're looking for, the, for the value plays. And uh, we're also looking for great content at Pro Football Focus. Uh, Tyler, uh, tell everyone uh, what you've got going there uh, to remind them because we took last week off.
0: Yep, yeah. So today, Thursday, I've got my Week 13 13- DraftKings cash game preview coming out as well as my sleepers and busts which applies to regular leagues as well as DFS leagues you can kind of look at it both ways and then on Friday I've got my FanDuel GPP or tournament guide coming out and then on Saturday is my DFS locks of the week which anybody can read you do not need a PFF subscription for that one so take a look at the DFS content I know I'm putting a lot out the other Tyler Tyler Beaker at PFF is Uh, kind of mirroring what I do. He's got a DraftKings tournament guide and a FanDuel cash guide. So lots of great content.
1: Yeah, definitely check that out. And uh, Tyler, uh, thanks again for joining us. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Good luck in all your games uh, this week.
0: Thanks, Vinny. Great to speak with you again. And good luck. Thanks again to uh, Tyler there for
1: his great hit as always. We missed him last week with the little holiday, but we are back in the swing here to close out the season with the full slate of the main slate here, and uh, so much to talk about there. We went a little long there because uh, we have so many other guys on the table and some good value. Good time to play DFS as well with the season-long leagues. Uh, maybe coming to an end and going to the playoffs as well. There, so a little bit more action for you. And uh, another thing you should do is check out our uh, social media pages. You can follow Tyler Lochner there on. Twitter and follow me, Vinny Iyer, on Twitter and at Facebook. But be sure you're checking out all the Instagram pages on the Locked On Network. Our team by team NFL pages are going to keep you close to the action. Your beat report every day. Some great guests, some uh, great insight there. And uh, checking us out out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're all over the place. And uh, you can get in on the Locked On Network and really be comprehensive. If you like particular sport, we've got you covered through uh, fantasy and reality. And we've got you covered across sports now with football, college, and pro, uh, MLB, NBA. Really locked on network. We're all over the place. And check us out on Instagram. Uh, A lot of good things happening on there and uh, some uh, good deals going on around. And uh, it's good to have you part of this network in any way possible. So we will be right back here to look at the rest of the injuries of the week at wide receiver, tight end, and beyond. So let's close looking at uh, some receiving injuries. A lot of receiving injuries actually on the table here, so we'll run through them pretty fast here. Chad Williams, Larry Fitzgerald was rested there for the Cardinals. Uh, We'll see if Chad Williams can return. That actually cuts into Ricky Seals-Jones' work and Christian Kirk's work. Limited with the knee, so he has a chance maybe to return this week. Calvin Ridley, we look at him. uh, Got a couple injuries, ankle and elbow. Tough matchup against the Ravens this week. He should be playing in it, however. Devin Funchess, the back injury, could keep him out again. Again, for the Carolina Panthers, he's been phased a little bit out of this offense of late. But Curtis Samuel could also miss this game with a hamstring injury uh, that's reoccurred here. And uh, Torrey Smith could play, get a little bit more targets, but they could also use Jarius Wright and really heavily target DJ Moore, Greg Olson, and uh, Christian McCaffrey in that stead. So, great spot, as we mentioned, with DJ Moore, with Samuel Hurtick. Now, A.J. Green should be on his way back this week with a toe injury. We'll see. He's determined to play. Uh, the Bengals are still in it. This is pretty much a game for their playoff lives here this week against Denver. So, if something happens here, they lose, and they don't feel good about it, and A.J. Green doesn't feel good, I think you could see him shut down. So, a little bit of a dangerous risk there. Green may be extending from the toe to foot, but we'll see. Yeah, but Bruce Ellington has a back injury for the Lions, but he should play against the Rams. Uh, Randall Cobb could miss another game. Got a limited practice in the hamstring, but it's a tricky injury. Equinemius St. Brown had an elbow injury. He was also limited there in practice, so we'll have to watch those receivers, but I expect it to be a big Devontae Adams in the Aaron Jones game. That's why we loved Jones and DFS this particular week. Now, we look at uh, the Texans situation. DeAndre Hopkins has been there, the injury report with the foot. He's been playing through it. Maris Thomas is fine. He's Got a wrist injury, but Kiki QT, the hamstring. Might, I think we're giving up on this rookie now. It's just three times he's hurt the same thing. Uh, I think you can pivot away from uh, trying to trust QT, and that could help Thomas here. But Thomas uh, is pretty much just a scoring threat here. Hopkins is that uh, steady guy in this offense. As they become real run heavy with Lamar Miller, and that's what we like Lamar Miller. We'll have to watch T.Y. Hill and didn't practice already with growing. It, there's. A sense that there's a lot of veteran rest days going on with the Colts in this one ahead of a big game. There is a the push to make the playoffs here. He should play against the Jaguars. The Jaguars could be without Jalen Ramsey in this one with the knee injuries, So that could help Hilton's value for sure because a team he typically struggles against and the the Colts will be fine just going to the tight end if Hilton has that matchup. So we'll have to watch how that uh, particular situation develops. DJ Chark is not going to be an option here with the quad and the other side of that game. You look at Sammy Watkins. We'll see if he can return to the foot. It's not a good sign coming off the bye that he didn't practice right away. It's a tricky injury. We know he's had trouble with the foot in the past, so I could see him really being shut down for this game because they're playing the Raiders. They're 16 or 17-point favorites in this one, so don't really need to rush Watkins back into action if he's not right here. Tyrell Williams didn't really do much at all, really nothing, last week. Uh, He's a quad injury, tough matchup this week, so... A little bit more of Mike Williams this week, but that could be tough because Joe Hayden is the matchup that he's going to draw outside. Damian Amandola might not be available there. Knee prep, knee injury kept him out of practice early. Devontae Parker was limited. We saw Leonte Carew get some more run, just not trusting anything in this Dolphins receiving core, especially with the not much to see there. Now, you look at uh Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, we'll be watching this one a little bit carefully. Diggs had a knee injury he popped up with no practice so no more issue with the ribs that kept him out that one game before the bye we'll have to watch Diggs a little bit carefully here because he didn't practice adam Thiel should be okay but he has a calf injury as well so uh some two injuries to watch it obviously changes the value of kirk cousins if those guys are out changes the value of a kyle rudolph as we mentioned as well julian edelman uh, is good practicing in full he's okay for the vikings game you got Robbie Anderson, same old deal. He could play through the ankle injury, but he was a decoy-limited uh, snap guy last week, so you're not trusting any of the Jets, especially when you don't know the quarterback situation. D- pretty decently tough matchup at Tennessee this week. Martavis Bryant, don't care. He's got a knee injury, he's not going to play. Marquise Goodwin doesn't have an injury, some personal issues dealing. Kyle Shannon admitted early in this game that he doesn't know when the 49ers wide receiver will return to the team, so you can't count on him. Pierre Garçon could return, however... Knee injury, I just don't like either in Seattle. Speaking of Seattle, you have Doug Baldwin on the other side with a growing injury that didn't practice. He played last week, but very sparingly. And again, big favorites here at home against the 49ers. Don't know how much they're going to rush Baldwin into action. if He plays. Deshaun Jackson, thumb injury, it's tricky. He's going to try to play through it again. But that's where we like Chris Godwin and Adam Humphreys. I don't think Jackson is right here in catching the football. And Tawhon Taylor, Etage Sharp, foot and ankle, respectively, should be available there for the Titans. It helps Marcus Mariota and uh, Corey Davis a little bit, but that's about it. Now, as we move to tight end, uh, Charles Clay, not trusting him, but could return there with a hamstring injury. So, if you had any interest in Jason Kroom or Logan Thomas, uh, forget that. Greg Olson, just rested with the foot. He's good for the Bucks. David Njoku's had the knee for a while. He's going to play against the Texans, who just get carved up by tight ends consistently, and you figure that is going to be the case again in this game and help Mayfield with his value. Uh, looking at uh, Jimmy Graham, the knee and thumb, he's going to try to play through it. He doesn't look didn't look very good last week. He doesn't really look great all season. He should play, but it's a tough matchup against the Cardinals, as we mentioned on uh, matchup focus. Jordan Thomas should play for the Texans' hamstring injury. Should play against the Browns. Eric Ebron, again, popped up with a back injury that didn't allow him to practice. They're already down Jack Doyle with the kidney issue for the season. Mo Alley-Cox didn't practice. Eric Swoop could be on the way back with a knee injury. So, Everett in Flux, busy tight end core for the Colts. So, we'll watch Ebron, but we don't think the back is going to be an issue. Remember, there was a few weeks ago where he popped up with four injuries on the report early, but they're very careful about managing the reps for their veterans who are banged up, and I, I think... That's something you have to pay attention to. Some teams and the Colts certainly have played it that way with a lot of players this season. Uh, David Morgan uh, still may not return for the Vikings. Why is he important? He's the blocker for the running game. The running game is not the same when he's not in there. So a little more, a lot more of the passing game for the Vikings this week. And New England, Dan Arnold did score last week. He's ahead of Deshaun Watson. He's going to play there. So when you look at it. Uh, that situation against the Saints is a situation to avoid going forward. They're tight end Evan Ingram with the uh, hamstring issue. Could be out of game. Got hurt in the warm-ups last week. Uh, Red Elson came and be relevant, but I don't trust anyone against the Bears' defense. Vance McDonald, they're a little overly optimistic. He has this hip injury that could keep him out. I had to leave that game against the Broncos last week. So McDonald definitely could be sat. Here, It's a tough one against the Chargers anyway, with the Derwin James and their coverage. And kicker Matt Bryant could miss another game this time with that back. He's had other issues this season, just getting older and getting all these ailments. So, if you're looking for the Falcons kicker this week, I would pivot off that. Now, overall, that's what we're looking at. I mentioned uh, some of the Jaguars' defensive issues there. Calais Campbell, Marcellus Darius banged up. They had Tayshaun Gibson and Jalen Ramsey, so that could open things a lot nicely for the Colts here and keep Andrew Luck hot to get another three TD game there for sure. So you got to look at the corner situations here, and uh, you got to say having the Bucks secondary and the Panthers secondary both can be exploited. We'll look at Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson. Getting banged up for the Titans is just hard to trust any of the Jets' receiver. Xavier Rhodes is someone we're looking for with uh, Josh Gordon on the other side, has a hamstring. Uh, I, I'm not sure that Rhodes can play with that. I know they were optimistic early in the week here, but it's a really tough injury. He didn't look good when it happened there against Devontae Adams and the Packers, so that would really, really help Josh Gordon if uh, Rhodes is not there. Because Trey Wayne's and uh, their other corners, can't keep up with him as much there for sure. So that could definitely help, but the Vikings pretty good in the inside and the coverage against tight ends and backs uh, with their linebackers and uh, safety so keep that in mind other than that uh, defensively uh not too much that really shakes up things in the way you look at players in this particular week at all so there's kind of a wrap-up of the injuries we're watching here throughout the rest of the week we'll have to Look at Friday and the final designations for a lot of these players as well as uh, what we see from the Eagles and Redskins to kind of get an idea. But that gives you a take there. And uh, that's an end to the week of Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. We took you through the progressive as usual. Get you out the door. And uh, by the end, we hope we know that uh, you have a stronger lineup from week 12. uh, Week to week, getting better every week, just like every NFL team, and our podcast here has gone a lot better with the Upgrade Experts Edition. Thanks to all my guests this week, Tom Kesnick, Eric home, Jeff Radcliffe, and of course, Tyler Lochner. For On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll talk to you next week.